0: The scripture reading today is John 9, 1 through 41. As as he walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work, and the works of him who sent me will this day and night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with his saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying, Go, wash in the pool of Silamon. Then he Went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who sat there and used to beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am that man. But they were asking him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes and said to me, go and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I don't know. They brought him to the Pharisees and the man who had formerly been blind sat before them. Now it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened the man's eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put mud on my eyes, then I washed and now I can see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they came again to the blind man. What do you say about him? It was your eyes that he opened. He said, he is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight. And they asked them, is this your son who you are saying was born blind? Then he was given the ability to see. The parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that he sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put in front of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age, ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who is blind and who had been given the ability to see, and they said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man who healed you is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know is that I was blind, and now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? They reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are the disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as far as this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to the ones who worship him and obey his will. Never, never since the world has began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born entirely into sin and are you trying to teach us and they drove him out of the synagogue jesus heard that he they had driven the man out and he found him and he said do you believe i am the son of man he answered and who is he sir tell me so that i may believe in him jesus said to him you have seen him and the one speaking to you is who he is he said lord i believe and he worshiped jesus Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this, and they said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? And Jesus replied to them, If you were blind, you would not have sinned. But now that you see, we see your sins, and they remain. This has been the reading of the word of God.
1: So here we have this incredibly long text this morning, uh, an incredibly involved story about a man born blind, walking along, minding his own business, and Jesus, just to make a point, heals him on the Sabbath. I don't know why he needed all that mud business, but there you go, Uh, writes it on his eyes and heals him on the Sabbath, which I have to imagine made his day <laughs> and he was feeling pretty good, feeling great, whole new world, whole new outlook. Everything was going wonderful and he's going around, starts telling everybody, but what I what I find amazing in this story is everyone's reaction to this incredible, to the best day of this man's life and right out of the gate, along come people who are trying to ruin it for him I've had days like that right we've all had days like that but here it comes right out of the gate all these people are trying to ruin the best day of his life and it starts with his neighbors and people who have all seen him who what isn't that the guy that was sitting over there begging uh I thought he was blind he must have been blind I know he was blind that's that same guy he was he's been there since he was little what's going on here well you know tell us what's going on it's like they can't be they can't imagine who he is now. Wait a minute, I don't know. This guy don't recognize him now that he can see. It's as if the only thing they knew about him is that he was blind. That that was the only thing that people thought he had. They didn't know that he had thoughts about the world. They didn't know that he had favorite foods. They didn't know that he had ambitions and, and desires in life. They didn't know anything else about him. And when his blindness was gone, they had no idea who he was. And you know, we live in a world, we live in a world we love our labels, don't we? We love to have those labels. They, they help us define who we are gay, straight, black, brown man, woman tall, short, loud and obnoxious the rest of you right? <laughs> disabled abled and how often do we, do we make everyone the, whole, the entirety of their lives that label you wouldn't believe every time Every time I have to defend this church's stance of allowing into full membership and full participation people from the LGBTQ community, every time I have to defend uh, that particular outlook, it, it seems like the person I'm arguing with on the other side, all they seem to be obsessed with about the people they're talking about is their sexual orientation. As if that is it. all, those people are. You're gay, right? But you're a lot more than just gay. <laughs> you know, you, you love to cook, you have all these hobbies, you, 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 know, you have incredible things you know how to do. I mean, there's a whole lot more to that than just Rafa being gay. Right? And when we reduce people down to their labels. You know, especially I can imagine. I can imagine how amazing or weird or freaky it must be to try, you know, if it was someone who was on crutches their entire life to all of a sudden not be on crutches. How different it is to relate to them. Or imagine someone who was developmentally disabled their entire life and then all of a sudden they're that's gone i imagine it was like seeing an entirely different person but sometimes our labels become who we are and what a tragedy that is because we are more than just all of those categories we might fall into amen so, it's just, you know, society let him down it was very untrustworthy in this situation. And then, you know, and then there is his religious community. He's rejoicing over his side. He's running around telling everybody about it. all of a sudden, here comes his religious community. All the leaders of the church. Hey, wait a minute, who healed you? What do you mean you were healed by Jesus? Well, we know that we know he's a sinner, so something must be going on. I mean, it starts out with first of all, you're a sinner, or your parents are a sinner, or someone sinned to make you blind in the first place. So right now, you're already under suspicion. You already have a few strikes against you. So I don't even know if we can even listen to that. But then now all of a sudden you can see, well, wait a minute. Who did that and on what day did they do that? And I don't think God works through this guy, so something else must be going on. Are you sure you're not blind? No, I'm not blind. Really? You want me to just go back to being blind? You want me to lie to you? No, I can see. the guy. I don't know who the guy is. I don't care who the guy is. He healed me and opened my eyes so that I can see. But like so many religious communities throughout history... All these folks had was their box that they had to use and they wanted to make everyone... And it comes down to... They want to be in control of determining who is sinner and who is saint. Who is in, who is out. They get to decide who gets healed and who doesn't. Here comes this usurper, this street preacher healing on the Sabbath and there's just no room for their minds to expand, to allow for that. Oh my gosh, that sound that I could be talking about, some of our brothers and sisters in Christ today, couldn't I? Well, I'm sorry. you know what? That, that doesn't fit in my picture, so I am going to construct this ridiculous scenario in order to make it fit. They're sinful, the devil's doing it, science is bad, you know, whatever those boxes are that we force people to get into in order to choose faith. Ridiculous. This guy didn't care who healed him. All he knows is, I was blind yesterday, today I can see. You guys debate amongst yourselves about. You know, I got into this, I was at this, I was at this thing Wednesday, and a, and a very prominent religious leader in our community was asked the question, why, why aren't young people sticking around in church anymore? Why are they abandoning faith? Why are they running away from it? And this, this leader's answer had, was, oh, you know, society is rejecting God. You can't, even talk about God in government anymore, and they got prayer out of school. Really? That's why people are leaving? Let me tell you something. No, that is not why young people are not coming to church anymore, it's because we've taken God out of, the, out of public life. The reason is because of this kind of nonsense. You are a sinner. You don't belong here. You're not right. I don't care what God has done for you. I don't care what light you have brought into the world. I don't care how much what just happened glorifies the God we worship. You don't fit, so you're out. It's this kind of nitpicking and squabbling that has had everyone going, I don't know if I want to be a part of that. No, I'm right. (laughs) You know I'm right. It has nothing to do with prayer in school. I pray in school all day. (laughs) So, you know, I'm amazed. I'm just amazed. And here again, his religious community, who should be rejoicing with him. Man, look at you. Look how much God has blessed you. Look how incredible your life is now. Wow, praise God. Praise God. That's what they should be doing, rallying around him, lifting him up on his shoulders, saying, "Look look at what God has done. But no, because their first premise was, you're sinful, God can't bless you, God has cursed you. So, sorry, I don't know what's going on, but no, no God there. And then even his family kind of lets him down. I I don't blame, I mean, they're scared. They're scared of getting, they're scared of their whole world crumbling around them, they're scared of what people are going to say, they're scared, and they're like, you know what, we just want to, I don't know what happened, and I, you know, we don't really want anything to do with it. Best day of this guy's life, and his family are freaking out instead of throwing a party. There's no mention of joy, there's no mention of how wonderful this is, just that they were scared. So they told the leaders of the synagogue, uh, I don't know, I have nothing to do with it. I have nothing to do with it. That's his deal. He's always been a problem child. I don't know what's going on with him. The only trustworthy people in this story today was the blind man and our Lord Jesus Christ. The blind man was very trustworthy in in that this incredible thing happened to him and he was undeterred. Best day of his life and no one's going to take that away from him. Oh, the, the neighbors are all worked up. I don't care. I was blind, but now I see. The Pharisees are coming after him. What's going on here? I don't know. I was blind, but now I see. Even his family is like, I don't know what's going on here. I don't care. I was blind, but now I see. And I'm telling everybody about it. And uh, Jesus did it. I don't know who he is. Prophet, Savior. I don't care. You can follow him too if you want. He's not having it. He is embracing what God has done and shining the light. Of Christ to everyone he can see. And of course, Jesus is trustworthy. In reality, this text, I, as long as it is, it really must be paired with chapter 10. Kind of goes along with it, at least about the first 11 to 12 verses of chapter 10. I'm not going to read them for you. But this is the part where Jesus talks about being the good Shepherd and about, leading the, about the sheep knowing His voice. Before this man ever saw Jesus, he heard Jesus, and he responded to that call, and Jesus called him into a new place, a new day, a new life, a new way of seeing the world, like with his eyes, <laughs> But metaphorically, we all have this (laughs) opportunity to see the world differently. And in in chapter 10, Jesus goes on to say, you know what? My goal as the good shepherd is to lead you into pasture where you can. And and my my favorite verse in the whole world is John 10, 10. And where Jesus says, the thief comes just to steal, kill, and destroy you. All these boxes and labels are there to steal, kill, and destroy you. Uh, uh, All of the the religious garbage that, that doesn't bring you closer to God is only going to steal, kill, and destroy you. All of the society's labels are just going to steal, kill, and destroy you. But what Jesus has come to do is to give you life and give it to the full. Another word that's translated there is abundance. To give you an abundant and full life. And on this day, this young man was experiencing the fullness of life in a way he never had. That's how Jesus is trustworthy. Amen? That's how Jesus is trustworthy. Because Jesus, like a good shepherd, leads us to pasture where we can experience the fullness of life. Away from those things that will steal, kill, and destroy. My prayer on this day is that the light of the world who has come to open our eyes to our own trustworthiness, to our own possibilities, to our own pasture, to our own capacity to have the full and abundant life Jesus Christ promises us. Open our eyes to all those things that the world tells us our eyes are closed to. Open our eyes to all the glory that God has instilled within you and around you. It is my prayer that we receive this gift of sight. We allow our eyes to be wide open Feel the warmth of Christ's light shine on us and reflected through us. Open world. Let us pray. God of light and life and love and all things good, we rejoice this day with this blind man who receives sight. And we rejoice in how you have done similar things in our lives and in the lives of people around us. May we not get tripped up on the, uh, in, in our perceptions and our labels. May we not get tripped up in the boxes that we think we have put you in. May we not get shackled by fear. But boldly rejoice in what you are doing in our lives and in the lives of everyone around us and in this world today. May we be eagerly a part of it. We ask these things in the precious and powerful name of Christ. Amen.